Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Every Monday and Friday at 12 noon, our Washington Commanders insider is Ben Standing. He writes for The Athletic. He's got a podcast that is outstanding called Standing Room Only. Grant Paulson and yours truly were his guests last week. You can find that anywhere you find a podcast. And, of course, uh, you can follow Ben on Twitter at Ben Standing. So, are you still away? I know you took the weekend and went away. I went away, too. I was up in New York all weekend long. You went west. Are you still west? Uh, I am. I'm going to uh, conduct uh, uh, conduct work from uh, out west ahead of Was I not supposed to say something about that? Eh, who knows? Who can say? It doesn't matter. It's all good. Sorry about that. Well, no, whatever. Good. You were in L.A. for the weekend, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I was uh, not not upset with my decision when I was watching from sunny skies and seeing like all that hard weather in Baltimore and uh, you know seeing what else was going on in the area. So I think I I think I did all right on that trade. Yeah, I was uh, I was up in New York and then I took the train back during you know howling wind and rain and then we woke up this morning to an inch of snow, which was very pretty and holiday esque. Um, but anyway, uh, so did you have a chance to take in all of the football yesterday? Uh, some of it. I watched the Dallas Eagles. Um, the rest of it, I was doing a few other things and, you know, keeping keeping tabs. Obviously, and I think I texted you this, it was the most productive day for Washington in weeks, not, not because they didn't play and lose, but because some of the teams in there uh, – you know, who also had four wins, uh, you know, the Bears and the Jets won their games. Um, so, yeah, I mean, a pretty pretty productive day for Washington from the sidelines. It's funny. I've actually not even paid attention to, you know, the Bears and the Jets and some of those teams because I just assume they're going to lose out and be 4-13. So it's really the Cardinals and the Panthers that are of interest to me, and they're probably not going to catch either – one of those two teams. Um, well, the Cardinals, Panthers, and, and Patriots, of course. I guess there's still a chance on the Patriots and the Cardinals, um, but more likely than not, um, it is going to be somewhere around four when all is said and done. I, I am curious as to what you thought about the Eagles, who can't stop anybody um, all of a sudden, and what their prospects are. Yeah, by the way, I will say that I don't know the Arizona's exact schedule down the stretch, but rather than look at them as a three-win team on the season, look at them as a two-and-two two team since Kyler Murray came back. So I mean, you know, they're a better team with him there. So you know, if the you know they they may be a little more formidable down the stretch than the record suggests. Um, yeah, the Eagles are definitely a mess. You know, obviously, we talk a lot the last couple of years about how they're able to make these key moves to address. You know, to take advantage of getting, you know, some some notable players. A.J. Brown becomes available. They swoop in for that. Uh, DeAndre Swift, uh, James Bradbury, et cetera. But they did take some hits in the, you know, in the, that that high-end approach. 
the, the question is when you when you miss on when you have some injuries or you miss out on miss on a guy or two, probably create more depth holes elsewhere. And they also, you know, their secondary has definitely taken a, a step back this year. Uh, seems pretty apparent. Um, it does bring into question, to be honest, I guess those those two Washington games. Um, you know, I know when when that when Washington was playing Philly, Sam Howell's doing well. That that's a positive sign. But then you kept looking at the numbers, DVOA, and otherwise. And the Eagles' defense has just been, you know, sort of bottom ten, bottom twelve most of the year. Again, I'm not. This is not about knocking Sam Howe, but I think you know anybody who was thinking they were beating an Eagles defense that was like a Super Bowl defense, I think is you know coming to realize that that's not exactly the case. Yeah, I mean there are a couple of defenses that have completely plummeted from last year, and they're both in the NFC East. Washington's and Philadelphia's. Philadelphia right now 21st in the league in uh, defensive DVOA, and I think that's actually prior to last night. Um, I don't know if it's updated or not, to be honest with you. But, hey, Washington's 32 out of 32 uh, teams. Uh, but we've we've gone down that road of talking about the teams that they looked pretty competent against offensively. Uh, most of them were pretty flawed defensively, and the last two games um, against Dallas and Miami, they played much better defensive teams. So I want to just go back to Friday real quickly. I talked a little bit about this on, I don't know if it was on the radio show or the podcast, because I think this news broke late late in the radio show after we had talked to you, actually, on Friday, and then um, I talked to people. But there were a lot of people that read the the release about Washington announcing that they're moving their business operations to this incredible, you know, development near or, or which is a part of the uh, University of Maryland campus and a lot of people lost their mind thinking, "Oh, here they go. They're investing in Maryland. They're going to stay in Maryland. It's Landover. It's a total, you know, tell that the the Harris group now is resigned to ending up in Landover." I heard that it had nothing to do with it. RFK is still number one. This means nothing to the RFK, RFK effort. You heard what? Yeah, I, I don't think this has anything, any bearing on what happens in the future. Um, I, I do think it's a little bit interesting in the sense that, you know, literally, literally they could have moved this anywhere, uh, you know, even in PG County, and they chose the University of Maryland. And, you know, when teams – build new stadiums and if they have to like you know compromise the current one in some way to get it done they will you know obviously play at college stadiums so uh, you know seven years down the road a long time it does give them a little bit of an imp- uh, a footprint on the campus and perhaps down the line they actually need to use it right i mean if we think about that at some point you know it, should they have to do something with fedex field if they keep it there but yeah no i don't think it has any bearing on what they're actually going to do to do with it. But by, by the way, I will just say I heard you talk about this the other day and just now. Um, I'm not saying you're wrong, but you know, to say that like RFK is definitively sort of their site, which is I think kind of what you're implying, is I think maybe like more newsy than you think. Well, no, I'm just I'm just saying what I'm. Well, I I I didn't think that I don't, I don't think I'm the only person that knows this, right? That RFK is the number one choice for Josh Harrison ownership. Whether or not they're able to pull it off, I mean, we've got an important thing pending in the House of Representatives here towards the end of the month. We have, you know, a, a long way to go. Not not to mention the fact that DC would be the one jurisdiction out of the three that actually would not more likely than not participate to the building with the building of the stadium. Although you would get 
access to all of that opportunity to build up around the stadium, uh, retail wise, uh, et cetera. But no, I, I, I think I've talked about this for what forever that Josh Harris and Mitchell rails want the new stadium. Number one to be in DC. I think they've kind of said that, right? Uh, maybe, I guess, I guess for me, it's more like, and may, maybe I have to recalibrate how I'm viewing this. Cause it's like, I've been sort of saying I still think Maryland only because I don't I'm not convinced DC government get gets gets there. We'll see. I, I you know uh, things have been moving more positively in that direction over the over the last few months I would say, but you know I still question whether DC gets it done. I'm not even getting into the notion of whether it makes economic sense for DC because I'm not an economic economist. But uh but yeah, no, no. Okay, well, you know, just uh, just checking. You know, my brain's been off for a couple of days, so I just wanted. It's to, it's all right. You know. I, I think the the <laughs> thing about the move to the University of Maryland. Remember, they are going to play in FedEx Field for the next five years. I mean, right. whatever they decide to do, and things getting you know clearing the way in the House of Representatives before the end of the year will be a, a big deal here as far as a DC site possibility or the timing let me just say with respect to a DC site but they they still have to continue to host games at FedEx Field through t- probably 2027 earliest maybe through 2028 and the Maryland location, which is this incredibly burgeoning uh, location, uh, part of that discovery area, um, gives them, you know, 15 to, to 18 minutes away from FedEx Field to continue to, you know, have access and easy access for the ticket selling group to because that's where they present a lot of the times is at FedEx Field. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I get it. And look, if they're claiming that they need that space for more uh ticket buyers sweet holders what have you you know that's 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 certainly a good sign and, and these are the signs when we talk about the impact josh harris group can have you know post snyder it's stuff like this i think again the people who were expecting them to to re reshape the roster to turn this thing into a winning thing this year but, you know like that's not that that was never realistic but these are the these are the things that they, they can be done. They clearly have been working towards. Um, so we'll say yeah. So I don't believe that any of it has anything to do with uh, staying in Maryland, going to D.C. or any of it. I don't think that has anything any bearing. Um, but you know, like I said, I think it's interesting if it does come down to Maryland. You know, there could be a world where if they build a new stadium on that site, thus compromising the FedEx Field uh, situation for parking or whatever, and they have to do something different. But that's down the road, tinfoil hat, who the hell knows? It is no bearing on anything that's happened so far. We are talking, of course, to Ben Standing. I think another interesting thing that happened, you talked about, you know, the draft positioning and, and what keeping an eye on that. Denton and I talked earlier um, today. I think one of the things you would love to see happen is Justin Fields continue to play well enough and the Bears to to play well enough. Now That'll hurt the second round pick that Washington got for Montez Sweat, you know, the positioning of it. But, you know, it puts two pieces into play. Number one is the number one overall pick that Chicago will have via Carolina um, as, you know, the Caleb Williams spot, I guess, although I've seen mocks now that have included Drake May, one, Jaden Daniels, two, Caleb Williams, three. Um, I've seen Caleb Williams, one, Jaden Daniels, two. Um, but, you know, Justin Fields, I still think has a chance to be a pretty good quarterback with the right, you know, uh, 
with the right offensive setup. Um, and I wonder if other teams believe the same. And whether it's he, him who's available or the number one overall pick, I think it benefits those teams that have or may have a quarterback need. And we're not there on Washington yet. I mean, we're there on exploring it. But, you know, for Chicago to have Justin Fields as an option and trading that number one pick from Carolina as an option as well. Yeah, you know, look, I mean, the the Bears are going to have uh, some really interesting decisions. I wasn't the biggest Justin Fields fan coming out, and obviously it's taken a while for him to get going. But, you know, there's uh, there's positives coming out of Chicago, including that defense. Well, I believe, are they 3-1 and one since the Montez Sweat trade? Yes. Yeah. yeah I mean, and, 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 the, and the loss was a game in which they, they led Detroit by, you know, two scores. And they lost that game yeah. in Detroit. Right, right, right. So the, the Montez Sweat was stuff. great yesterday. Sack and a half, four QB hits, eight QB hurries in the game. Yeah, yeah. No, he's he's played well, and they've obviously responded to his presence. Um, I think one of the things that, t- that the Bears are going to have to discuss, even if J- even if Justin Fields continues to improve, and you're seeing the signs of of a good of good growth, you know he was he'll, he'll be entering what his fourth season next year, which means you're really going to have to, you know, if not this coming off season or soon have to you know, give him an extension if you're planning on keeping him. On the other hand, if you draft Caleb Williams, number one, now you've restarted that clock, both in terms of his contract. So you've got now the five years you have control over, but you also may be putting your team back a smidge because of you're going back to a rookie. So that's going to be a really interesting debate, I think. From their perspective, the, the, Washington has a little bit of that as well with Sam Howell because he'll go only into his third year, but the, it's not that you know it's not exactly the same because um, of the, the initial investment. It doesn't make as much money and all these kinds of things. Um, but yeah, no, it's really interesting to see what they do. I don't. I mean, I would hope. Well, I shouldn't say I would hope. I wouldn't want be that interested in trading for Fields should the Bears go make go that route. But um, but yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what they do and. Obviously, New England, one of the teams, you know, between the number one pick and, and where Washington is, you got to think they're in the, the QB market, uh, depending on what they do with Belichick and everything else. But, yeah, they'll, they'll be, it'll be interesting to see if the Bears keep this up and does that really make the number one pick more open than maybe it looked a week or two ago. By the way, I just found this. Um, Montez Sweat, after yesterday's game, said this about Med Eberflus. Uh, Matt Eberflus, the head coach of the Bears, he said, quote, where I came from, it was kind of like just waiting on the season to end. But here, it's like every week is a new challenge and people want to play for the man beside him. This is a really tight group. Eberflus is a great coach. He keeps us motivated. A lot of respect for him as a coach, closed quote. Montez Sweat about Chicago Bears head coach Matt Eberflus, who is also considered to be on a seat that's fairly warm, even though they've won three out of their last four. Quote, where I came from, it was just kind of like waiting on the season to end, closed quote. Uh, look, it's easy to say it from afar. You know, that he, I, he, I'm sure he's thrilled to be out of town, but as you know, they really didn't want to lose him. Yeah, no, they they, they didn't. I, I will say this: like, look, obviously each team is in a different situation. 
you know, just in general across the league, right? Um, and Washington had this weird setup because of the ownership sale where it did feel like Ron Rivera's hands were tied a bit other than being able to, to get to Ron Payne and, and sign a couple offensive linemen on a you know, relatively small money for, for starting offensive linemen. Um, but the Bears have been hyper-aggressive, right? I mean, they, you know, bad trade, it worked out, you know, for them, but, like, they, they traded a second-round pick uh, a year ago for uh, Chase Claypool. Okay, that didn't work, uh, but they did that. They traded out of the number one pick to get a whole bunch of stuff from the Panthers when, you know, a conservative move would have just been to say, hey, we're going to, you know, I don't know. Well, I guess, you know what I mean. They, they could have they could have just stayed at number one and drafted uh, somebody else if they wanted to. They didn't have to take a quarterback, whatever. Um, the, the the now, of course, the Montez Sweat deal. Whether these things always work, you know, it's hard to know. Um, but like they are, that's an organization looking to shake things up. And I mean, to the point, you, you know, I know the interpretation on the Montez Sweat quote, which I just heard, is sort of about the players in the locker room. But I think it's also like organizationally. Like, the, the, it did feel like this season, if you really look back on it, a lot of it really was just sort of just hanging around, waiting to see what was going to happen. Yeah, the enemy thing was a bit of a shakeup, but, you know, they didn't really do that much else. And even as the season, you know, there was never any point. Sure, they traded away Montez. So was there any really thought they were actually going to trade for somebody? Like, it doesn't feel like there's any, been any positive momentum towards fixing anything. I'm not saying that the individuals aren't trying within but like not in a broader sense whereas the bears clearly they they're like we're going for this in whatever capacity that means we're going to be aggressive and i do think there's got to be something about how that translates down into the players in the locker room and everything else right yeah i think so um i I think it's interesting and steve sands was on with us on friday and Sands said he thinks the season completely changed when Ron decided not to go for two at Philadelphia with no time left on the clock in a game that was 31-30 and instead kicked for overtime and they lost in overtime. And remember, they were 2-1 and one at the time. They had been you know, bludgeoned by the Bills the week before. And I said, well, what, would, what does that mean? They're 4-9 and nine now. And he said, you know, they would have seven wins. They'd be 7-6 and six and in the mix for a playoff. Um, race. I, you know, in thinking about Montez Sweat's comments and what you just said, I, I don't. It, w- w- is there really a moment or even a combined number of moments that would have changed this season? Decisions that were made that if they had gone the other way, I mean, I, I, I disagree with Steve, my very good friend Steve, on that. I, I think in the moment, I didn't feel like it was a make or break on the season. I'm not saying that he felt that way either. But do you think that there was any chance? I think the Chicago game was really devastating because coming off in it felt in the moment, remember, like the Eagles game was almost a win. It felt like a moral victory. And then what happened to Chicago? The Chicago game, I think, kind of ended everything. What do you think? Um, well, look, obviously, if you look back on the season, it's really hard to even – I think we talked about this last week – like, none of their wins, you would say, are signature wins. They even, you know, the first two games of the year, now that we look back on it more, like, there were more struggles there than there were positives, even though at the time it felt like, oh, maybe this is like a team that's going to find ways to win or whatever. Um, but I do think, like, this is sort of to my point, like, what was the, what, at what point did the, the organization, so beyond the players, do something to generate the, a sense of the urgency? 
I do think there's something to be said for not having gone for two there. That was a conservative play. And it's, it's one thing to do that, I guess, if you think your team is good enough. But who thought Washington was, like, good enough? Like, it did feel like there was an opportunity for a jolt. I'm not sort of Monday morning quarterbacking that call, but I understand the notion of, like, again, where was the where was that that, that jolt? And, again, just to going off of what Montez Sweat said, like, yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I just – there was at no point this year where that really happened. And, you know, again, go go all the way back to some other things, too. You know, Chris Harris, the defensive backs coach, leaves. They don't go out and find the next one. They just promote the guy within who didn't have a ton of experience. And obviously, things worked out a certain way, and now Lisa Myers not not here. They did, you know, in the season. Did they did they sign one player this year? Maybe I'm, maybe I'm forgetting someone. Did they signed one player this year where we're like, oh, okay, I've heard of that guy. Like that, that veteran's a guy that can come in and maybe <clears throat> give them some oomph. Instead, it was always just promoting someone from the practice squad, and I know that's part of the deal. Don't get me wrong, but like I'm just saying, at, no, at what point this year was there an, was there any sense of urgency from you know based on actions of the organization? I almost kind of feel like there wasn't. Well, there was no urgency in the off season because we assumed that they couldn't, that they weren't allowed to have urgency. Well, I'm saying in the off season, but once the games are going. Yeah, like I'm just saying, you know, there, there wasn't much happening. So yeah, I mean, I do kind of feel like, in retrospect, it does feel like everybody was seemingly just kind of waiting for things to unfold and see what would happen. Yeah, I I, I think that's I think that's right. I think that this season was always going to be a season in which it was sit back and wait because there's going to be a total redo and we're not spending big. We're going to keep this cap space where it is. You know, we know that Harris was very much in favor of the trades of Sweat and Young to accumulate draft choices because it was going to be difficult to sign either one of them. Or, you know, in the case of Chase, they probably didn't want to re-sign him. But what's odd about all of that is all of the excitement about the uh, about the first two weeks of the season and how, oh my God, Dan's gone and everything's changed. The vibe is different. Hell, the vibe going into that Buffalo game, even though there were a lot of Buffalo fans in the stadium, was, hmm, maybe they can have a decent season. And even after the Philadelphia loss the following week, it was, okay, you're 2-2, two and two, but you kind of you kind of expected that best case was going to be 2-2 two and two when you looked at the first four games. And then came the Bears game. The Bears was a big you know what in the punch bowl. That was like uh, it was it wasn't just that they lost to a winless team. It was that they got absolutely embarrassed on national TV by a a winless team at the time. And remember Josh Harris, there were reports that he had some comments about, you know, it hurting ticket sales, which had been off to such a great start. Now, ultimately, they're six for six on sellouts, right? And I would imagine they're going to go eight for eight with San Francisco and Dallas in their final two home games. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I think like that that Buffalo game was really jarring for me. But okay, Buffalo's a Super Bowl contender, right? We, we think. Um, you know, okay. And by but, the way, I they mean, played they, pretty well defensively for three quarters in that game. Right, um, but that, that 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 was starting to me where I started to be more concerned. In fact, especially since you know Miami then scored seventy points on Denver the week after Washington um, did what they did, which was Washington was good, but it's like oh wait, this, this Broncos seems even way worse than we thought. Putting Washington's good day on offense in just a little bit different perspective. Um, 
But, yeah, I think the Bears loss just reinforced how bad the Buffalo game was. And that, to me, was when I was sort of, you know, gave up on the notion that they would be a good team this year um, in in that respect. And, obviously, things played out. Um, it's actually it's it's actually the perfect call segment, Denton, on a Monday after a bye week. <laughs> what was the worst loss of the season? Because I think there were three terrible ones, terrible losses. That's why I've actually referred to over the last week. This is one of the worst seasons. Not you know with projected future with no Dan et cetera. We all understand the 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 Super Bowl season that we just had because Dan's not here. But in terms of the actual games played, this is going to go down as one of the worst seasons of all time if they if they go four and thirteen, which is a good possibility. Five and twelve, good possibility. Because you just said it, they don't have a signature win, and they've got three by my count. Absolutely horrific, embarrassing losses. Um, but by the way, which, wait, wait with the three would be the Bears, the the Tommy DeVito game, and what's the third one? Uh, I would say the Bears and the and both Giants games. Got it. So both, just to be both clear, Giants two, losses. And I'm not saying you're wrong with that. Just to be clear, that that doesn't include two games that they gave up 45. Points. I know, I know. Or, or, but or the, at least those were good games. teams. Right, or the Bills game. Yeah, um, no, I, I think the Giants game was was sort of oddly more embarrassing because everybody kind of saw the stakes. You had to win this game just to stay afloat, and the Giants are playing a, you know, a kid from around the corner, a quarterback, not a, not a real quarterback, yeah. and then he does well. But I think the, but, but to me by that point, I'd already come to the conclusion that this team was going nowhere. The Bears game, on the other hand, they had lost 14 consecutive games. They were 0 for on the season, obviously. Um, and Washington, you know, okay, they lost to the Eagles, but there's some momentum, right? The offense looks pretty good. I mean, they're going to turn this around. They turn it around every year under Rivera at some point. Why not now? And then to get smoked, losing is one thing, to get smoked at home on national TV against a team that lost 14 in a row. And, again, the Bears have played better, sure, but that 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 to me was by far the worst. But then, like, the, the, the Dolphins game, I know it doesn't count because Miami's good, but that game was over in the third on the third Miami third yeah. offensive play of the game, like the, even the worst teams in the league, you know, keep things going for a while. But that was right. that was embarrassing. So, and I, like I said, yeah. that's not even third; of their top three. No, and I mean the Dolphins could have actually they could have done what I think maybe San Francisco will try to do, which is to put fifty or sixty plus up on them. Um, weather might have something to do with it. Who knows what it'll be like on New Year's Eve. All right, thank you. Anything else? Anything from your notebook? Do you want to? You want to? Uh, you got a big story coming out t- today that I'm going to say. Well, why didn't you mention that? No, I do. I do have a new story up today. Last week, I did a sort of a, a, a roster look ahead towards 2024, starting with the offense. Now I went <clears throat> to the defense, um, you know, to try to go position by position to see, okay, what 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 what's actually you know in place going forward. Um, and, you know, I think we, as you and I and Grant discussed the other day, I, it is sort of shocking to me how few strong pieces I think this team now has compared to, you know, even a, a couple months ago. And I don't just mean that the trade of Sweat and Young, but there's just not, not as many pieces you'd like to think are pretty stable. On the other hand, you know, they have a lot of high pictures, you know, still on defense. Maybe a new coaching staff can get more out of them. 
All right, thank you. Subscribe to The Athletic and you can read it. Um, I'll talk to you on Friday. Awesome, man. Thanks. See you. Yep. Um, That's what we're going to do here. I want to see – I mean, there's so many to choose from, Denton, in terms of the losses this year. Which was the worst loss for you? It can be for any reason. But give me the worst loss for you. I mean, there are three – there are four massively lopsided losses to have a 34-point loss, a 35-point loss, a 30-point loss in one season, and I'll throw in the 20-point loss to the Bears, that's pretty hard to do in the NFL. What was the worst loss of the season for you? 301-230-0980. Phone lines are open. Kevin Sheehan, show the Team 980 and the Team 980.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Um, What was the worst loss of the year? I mean, there's so many to choose from. They just got beat by a combined 90 to 25 the last two games. All right. On Thanksgiving Day to their arch rival. And then to Miami in a game that was far different than the 45 to 10 game on Thanksgiving in that it could have been 68 to 15 easily if the Dolphins had wanted it to be that. Uh, The Bears game was awful. The Bills game was dreadful, but at least it was a good opponent. Um, And then the two Giants games were, were really bad. I don't know. Maybe it's the Seattle game where they had a chance. Maybe it's the Philly game where Ron had a chance to go for two and didn't. I agreed with the decision at the time, although I would have been fine with the other call too. For me, I think the first Giant game was the worst game of the year. And I'll tell you why. The Bears loss, if you recall, that particular day, I said... This is not going to be the easy cakewalk that many of you think it will be. They played very well, the Bears had, the previous week against Denver, and they blew a big lead, but they were really good offensively. And I was concerned at that point defensively, even though I had not yet 
had not yet committed to them being a terrible defense yet because I thought they were great against Arizona, pretty good for two and a half quarters against Denver, and pretty good against the Bills as well. I mean, that was not a defensive loss. But you could see it starting to come apart a little bit against Philly. And then I, I saw Justin Fields and what they had done you know, the week before, and I'm like, they're capable. They've got playmakers. And it was a Thursday night game, and Thursday night games were weird. Also, uh, keep in mind, they were a Joey Sly field goal away uh, from being down seven with still plenty of time left to make a run. That first giant game, okay, even more than the DeVito game, was a game in which they were impotent start to finish on offense. They, it was the game in which they got set. Wink Martindale just kept coming, and there was no adjustment offensively. And Sam got sacked like five times in the first half before they adjusted, and they were down 14 to nothing. And I'm like, what are you doing? This is a team you should be able to beat with just some quick game. Do you not know this guy's coming after you? And even though it was only 14 nothing, and they got it to 14-7, and they had a chance at the end. Remember, Dotson had a chance. I thought that that was one of the worst coached games Worst prepared games. I thought they got completely beat in every which way a team can get beaten. Sideline wit, effort, execution, and even though the score was only 14-7, it was at that moment that I said, because I think they dropped to 3-4, and four, they had beaten Atlanta the week before. I'm like, that's it. They stink. You can't lose that game. What was the worst loss of the season? Denton, real quickly, what was the worst loss for you? Sh- Chicago was, for me, the absolute worst. We had thrown this this phrase around that I think uh, since has been retired, Kevin, because we threw it around twice more and it failed both should times. Should win? The should win game. And very <laughs> early on when we had talked a lot about Chicago having only sacked two uh, – having two sacks through five weeks of the season, and I think right. they had like three in the first quarter, they could not – they could not defend DJ Moore, and it was v- very, very early on where I was just kind of sitting there thinking, "This is not, this is not going to go well. We are in for an absolute shellacking." We were, but there was that one little tidbit, and this is kind of why I think it's the worst, Kevin. There was that one little tidbit where you thought maybe, just maybe, this team's going to come back. They got in a position. Joey Sly had a field goal attempt. I think he would have made it ten points at that point with all the momentum on your side. And then they ripped the rug right out from Monday. Just when I thought there was a chance, they pulled me back in and ripped it away from me. Yeah, again, like I told that I was very adamant that day, as you recall, and I said, no, this is not a should win. Okay, this is not. I did say that about the DeVito game. I think it's the first time I've said that in years. Um, but that first giant game, and by the way, it was, I think it was three straight opponents, the Bears, the Falcons, and the Giants, all had like the fewest number of sacks going into the game or bottom two or three in the league, and they all just kept sacking Sam in, in consecutive weeks. That giant game, though, it was almost like a high school staff in watching how they got outwitted by a team that had done, remember, the Giants could not score and couldn't stop anybody, although they had stopped Buffalo the week before. All right, worst loss of the year. Frank, Frank, go ahead. Hey, how you doing? Good evening, guys. Hey, Frank, what's um, up? Yeah, I think, I th- I think, I think the, the worst one was, I agree with Denton, it was Chicago, and it wasn't so much the game, Kevin. 
I think is what what he said. It was either at halftime or after halftime that he he allowed the players to talk it out, and he didn't he didn't speak. He didn't do anything. Right. At that point, I think Rivera checked out. He checked out on the season, and the players checked out on him. And then we really saw how much of a pathetic coach he really is. And in all the personnel decisions over two years, how he's uh, cataclysmically just you know just uh, blew blew all the first round draft picks or whatever. I just it just really showed in that one instance that halftime uh, interview with that whoever he, whoever interviewed him and he said he allowed the players to talk and I think that point right there not so much the game what he said yeah look the, the, the you can make the case in the game too I mean they were down twenty seven to three at halftime and no but DJ Moore is still open um, Joe Joe worst loss of the year was what for you. Hey, Kevin, how you doing? Hey, Joe. You know, I mean, you mentioned the first Giants game, but I'm going to go to the second Giants game, which I also was at. I mean, not only the fact that we sacked DeVito nine times, we also committed six turnovers. But, Kevin, what was amazing is that, as I witnessed in person, we still had a chance to win that game, even though we committed the, the six turnovers. Right. Six. It was amazing how they still kept us in the game. I mean, I thought Martindale would have blown us out because of how great he is as a defensive coordinator. It was incredible how we still had a chance to win that game and yet we Sanders threw that up for grabs and it was a pick six the other way and then those crowds started booing us at end of the whole game. But it was just incredible how we lost that game but still had a chance to win at the end. I've never seen that in person before. Nine sacks on the quarterback, <laughs> and yet we committed six turnovers to the team. It's incredible. Yeah. I um it was one of those turnovers where you had the ball down to fourteen to thirteen or whatever, and it was still the third quarter, and then there was another turnover. I forget what it was. Uh <laughs> May have been a pick by Sam. May have been that Rodriguez fumble, um, but yeah, no, it was it was bad. Uh, Kevin, Kevin, go ahead. Hey, Kev, you hear me? I got you, Kev. Yeah, to me, um, it's the Bears game, and here's why. Um, and you talked about the should win games. We need to remember we barely beat them in Chicago the year before. Right. And if you look at the talent added to the Bears roster versus our roster uh, between 22 and 23, there's no comparison. So I never looked at that game as a should win. I looked at it as if we're a real football team, we'll at least play hard and be in it and hopefully win it. And to me, I look at the end of last season, other than the Eagles game, which was wonderful. We did it on Monday Night Football up there. We we just really didn't show up in the clutch uh, down the stretch. I consider the Dallas game to finish last year an empty calorie game, a nothing game, basically a September yeah, call-up game for Dallas. Yeah, I agree. And, yeah, we started out well defensively, as you pointed out many times, in the Arizona game and in the Denver game, particularly in the second half. But if you look at the – League record right now, New England and Arizona, who we barely beat, are two and three in terms of the draft order. We're four. We are bad. The teams talent-wise in this league are very close. What separates them is injury, luck, coaching, and a lot of other things. And there's just no mental toughness. We are great at the winning the games we shouldn't win, like that Eagles game, like that Steelers game in the COVID year but we're not good at winning games that we have to win, like the Browns game, like that Bears One of the two giant games. After that game, they're just they're posers. They're just defensively posers. That's my And I think part of it was the coaching. Well, they were posers uh, the offensively last year. Veteran, what's that? 
They were posers offensively last year, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, sure. And, and yeah. you know what? The running game, though, last year helped the defense. Uh, Eric Bieniemy, he almost had to put a gun to his head and run the ball. Uh, you know, again, we can go on and on. I just feel like the Bears game was, yeah. It was bad. Was down thanks, play. Kev, as always. And also thanks for the uh, Rubenstein um, mention. I forgot to ask. Zuck about Rubenstein and the Orioles uh, conversation, although uh, I did reach out to him and, and Zuck said he didn't have any information on that to really add to just the reporting. But anyway, um, look, the Chicago game, I, I told you, I mean, if you recall, I had Chicago. I gave Chicago out that night. I had them plus the points. I did not have them winning the game, but I thought that that was going to be a competitive game and I thought Chicago was very capable offensively. But I think the worst part about that game was just how inept and how unprepared they appeared to be uh, across the board um, to start that game. I mean, they were down 27-3 to before they got it together in the second half. And the truth is, Chicago was a little bit soft. But still, that giant game, when Wink Martindale just kept coming and we kept dropping Sam back to get sacked, that was alarming. Ian, finish it up quickly. Giant game. The reason you just said you knew what they were coming in, and you which still giant game you, br- you first or second? The, the second. Okay. The second one, and in the league that it's all about the quarterback to lose to that guy. I mean, just remarkable. And honestly, it, it's you're right. This is one of the most odd, disappointing seasons, despite no expectations. I think I can recall in in my time living in this area. Just incredible. It was awful. All right, thanks. Appreciate it. Uh, Scott is on the line. Scott, real quickly, go. Worst loss of the season. The worst loss was the Bills because it really burst my bubble. It made me realize this team was 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 not capable of being good this year. They they got off to a good start. I really believed there was a playoff team, and the Bills game just showed it's it's fantasy, and they just burst the bubble, and it brought us back to reality that. Bills just slapped Washington around, and it, they were men playing with boys, it looked like. Yeah, and that was also really the eye-opener when we all started to say, all right, Sam's got some promise, he's doing some nice things, but now we know why he fell to the fifth round. He got sacked nine times in that game and had one of the lowest QBRs a quarterback's had in any game, starting quarterback's had in any game this year, this season. All right, we'll finish it up with some Denton news and look at the smell test for tonight's doubleheader or the two games in the NFL when we come back. Kevin Sheehan Show, the Team 980. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 4-1 and one yesterday on the smell test NFL picks, and I had the Giants and the... Uh... Uh, the Titans from Friday's smell test, I'm keeping them both in it. Giants plus the points, Titans plus the points tonight in the two Monday night games. By the way, I wanted to mention real quickly, very sadly, Frank Wycheck passed away yesterday at the age of 52. Um, Frank Wycheck's family shared a statement that uh, at this time it appears that he fell inside his Chattanooga, Tennessee home and hit his head Saturday morning. He was found unresponsive. That afternoon, per the statement, the family plans to work with experts for ongoing brain injury and CTE research. Uh, For those of you that don't remember, Whitecheck played 11 years in the NFL after playing at Maryland uh, and being a really good player in the early 90s for the Terps. He started his career here in Washington for two years before joining the Oilers in 1995, and he was he was part of a significant part of one of the most famous plays in NFL history, the Music City Miracle. Uh, Lorenzo Neal takes the kickoff. They're down 16 to 15 with about 12 seconds left. He hands the ball to Whitecheck on a reverse, and he turns around and throws it across the field to Kevin Dyson, who goes 75 yards for the score, um, Frank Whitecheck, uh, rest in peace, uh, way too young. All right, we're done for the day. Chris Russell next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.